Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo, and I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Greetings. And in today's episode, we're going to finally re review the book by Alan Watts, um, Becoming or Become What You Are, I mean. Um, so I want to, you know, just dive right into the book because it's, you know, it's, it talks about a lot of different things. Every chapter really talks about, um, you know, a different thing you could say and i want to start you know passing it over to you tiago and going over the chapter the finger and the moon yeah so this is a, a very famous quote uh, i believe most people know it because of bruce lee he says it in like in one of his movies it's, it's a classical uh quote and i'll just read the quote first and then we'll dive into it mm -hmm. so in first uh, alan was is making the comparison to So this is referring to religion and how you how he thinks you should use religion in your own life. And he, he makes this statement. The doctrine is like a finger pointing at the moon. And one must take care not to mistake the finger for the moon. And this is like, and also he has another quote, which I believe explains this even better. When you have reached the opposite shore, you do not carry the raft on your back, but leave it behind. And this is something I, I guess most people get stuck in when they, because for most people, when you get this sense of enlightenment or Like, when you have this clear clarity in your mind, for most people, it will come from some type of religion. It's still the most yeah. like, common way of getting into spirituality. It's through some form of religion. And then because you've yeah. have, had this experience, you attach, your, you attach yourself to whatever religion made this possible for you. And I think the, the, what it's saying here, and this can go for any like, religion, philosophy, someone you follow, any form of doctrine, It's the point is not to get too attached to it to the point that you can't see other options and evaluate clearly what what else you may be missing because you're just too stuck on this one opinion you have already formed for yourself. Yep, yep, absolutely, and it's I I find it's the best way I've ever seen that you know exemplified because yeah it's so easy to forget that those you know, things, the religions, the, the doctrines they share, it's all just a path towards something else. Like, going to the church is not an end in, a, in and of itself. Or to, you know, it's, these are just things, like, like Alan Watts says in the book, it's just, it's pointing you towards something else. And I feel like that's probably the hardest, you know, me as not, not being very, or at all religious. But I imagine that's probably the hardest part, is kind of understanding at some point that's, You won't need that anymore, into a certain degree. You know that's for or for you to really get where you want spiritually, you can't be that attached to you know the finger that's pointing you in the direction you want to go. Because I feel like that's for a lot of people. That's where they the journey ends. They, it ends in the finger. You know they're like, yes, look at the finger. It's pointing at the moon. But then it's the moon that you actually want to go for, and not just the doctrine itself. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this goes for for everything. I think we're talking about religion because I think for most people, all religions really, they're all like, I think they're all looking for the same thing. It's all that that mm -hmm. feeling yeah. of like being in the present moment. I think that's what all people truly search with with these things of non-attachment of like I, I'm actually I'm reading now a book by Sam Harris, which is called Waking Up. And he explains this perfectly. Like, w with religion, it's like you're saying, it's not a, an end in of, it, of itself. No one just goes to church because they want to go to church. They go because they expect this feeling of relief, of, of, of 
kind of like that when you get that meditative state when you stop thinking kind of I think that's what's most relatable relatable for most people this is what kind of everyone is searching for with, with all these religions and yeah. doctrines and philosophies and it's just about recognizing that you know not mistaking ourselves about what we're doing really even as we're very heavy on stoicism we we know that it's a an ancient practice of not practice an ancient uh, philosophy of and it's trying to teach us about how to live our lives but we know that it isn't something exclusive you know that they're not the only ones who have figured it out yeah there's yeah. lots of different paths to get to the same goal you know it's just about recognizing what works best for you absolutely and yeah because it's yeah because i feel so many people as well who comment on the posts and who you know who follow the stoicism as well it's very easy to say like oh yes i'm a stoic now and so this is everything i follow you know marcus aurelius meditation is my bible and if i'm not going according to that then that means i'm living wrong but you know even though like if you really listen to what they're trying to tell you is that you know this is some advice that we're giving or that i'm giving but it's not the end because there's never an end to this you know there's no one that ever figures it all out and i feel like when you come to or those more enlightened people you could say is that they realize that and you know even was it socrates who said uh, all that i know is that i know nothing because the more you know the more you realize that you don't know as well and so you know it's always trying to do the best that you that you can with what you have but never assuming that you've reached the you know the final destination or that you've made it because you never do and i what was this quote i was oh my gosh there's this great quote um about this was well. oh it was I, I think it's a via voltaire which is um oh my gosh uh, like something about you know praise the man who seeks the truth but beware of him who finds it something like that because yeah because to to assume that you've you know you figured it all out and you have the the solution for the end all be all of especially if we're talking about spirituality would be very naive to assume that in my opinion yeah, and I also think there's that's a common trap people have, like this idea of wanting to be enlightened, you know. And I think people have the wrong idea of what it means to be enlightened, or, or maybe they don't, you know. But being enlightened, I I think it's something no one ever reaches, you know. You never get to this state of, of mind where suddenly there's no more problems, you're, and you're always living in the present moment. And this doesn't exist, you know. Many religions have claimed along the years that there have been people like this, like Buddha, for example, people believe he achieves this state of enlightenment but my question for you yeah. is that yeah. do you really think this is possible in, in like for everyday humans to, to really be enlightened get this kind of semi-god state of mind i don't think that's a a good goal to strive for because it's not realistic you know it's not possible you can you can try and be more enlightened but i don't think you can be enlightened is the, the meaning of what i'm saying yeah, and because even with all those people, even though they achieved, you know, great things and because they've, you know, maybe achieved levels of consciousness, you know, that are higher than most people, a lot also I do believe gets lost in, you know, over time and it's easy to romanticize and to mystify things a lot. Um, because, you know, the longer it passed, especially at times when you couldn't actually, you know, record things or properly, you know, document what was going on. But, you know, let's not get too much into that because I don't want to get death threats that Buddha wasn't the, you know, the most enlightened person ever. Um, but yeah, but uh, like, for example, a, an, 
a real life example we can all watch. For example, um, Mr. Rogers, for example. He, in my opinion, if you if you look at his shows, if you look at the person he usually was, it, it was something that I feel like everyone could strive for and you'd be very good off. It's like it even looks like it would be impossible to be like him. But that's because it is too impossible to be like him at all times because he wasn't like that always. He also got upset. He also got angry. He also screamed sometimes. And he also, you know, there are stories when, you know, he got upset at his kids too. And it's because he's human. And it's for you to even think that you could be in this state of permanent, you know, always calm and present and, you know, enlightenment is very unrealistic. Like you said, it's not not only unrealistic, but I don't think it's it's worthy of striving for because it's impossible in a way. It's and or at least striving for that if you're putting all your happiness in the moment you achieve enlightenment and you've reached that point. Because I feel like that's very naive in the sense that, you know, it's such a long process that you don't ever feel like you reach it because it's so slow. Like there's not one day when you're you unlock your third eye or something and you just start levitating it's, it's i don't think that's or i really believe that that's not how things work but yeah so we can move on to the next chapter yep so that's gonna be um and we're not gonna cover all chapters just the one we you know feel best so next one is gonna be lightness of touch right so i just want to start this off by reading a quote in this one for the world of form and illusion, which the majority take to be the real world, is none other than the play of the spirit, or as the Hindus have called it, the dance of Shiva. He is enlightened who joins in this play, knowing it as play. For man suffers only because he takes seriously what the gods bait for fun. Thus man only becomes man when he loses the gods' sense of levity. And this is, I think this is very relevant for most people, especially in the state of the world that we are right now. We may mm -hmm. tend to think that it's all very horrible and there's this mass pandemic and the world hates us, the universe is conspiring against us. But the truth is, the universe doesn't care, you know? Even if you believe <laughs> yeah. in all this, yeah. even if you believe like the, the universe is like the major force guiding your life, let's take a, a moment to analyze this. You, you really think the universe is like, there's billions of planets and millions of galaxies and you think that the universe is like focusing on planet Earth, on X human being, on, you know... Let's be honest, you know, it doesn't care, you know, things happen and maybe there's, there's no reasoning behind them. This is how the world works. And so for you to, be, to feel injustice by the world or to call the world unfair doesn't really make much sense, you know, because the world doesn't care. The universe doesn't care. Whatever major forces are guiding this don't really care about one human being in this planet or even the entire race of human beings. So my point is, why get upset over this? You know, in... Being not being upset doesn't mean you you accept it not not accepted but that you resign to it. You can you cannot be upset by something and still want to change the situation. You know that's the yeah, main absolutely. misconception I think with people that like kind of shit shit on meditation and mindfulness. It's like this idea that you're just going to accept everything that happens to you. This isn't true. You accept it, but you don't resign to it. You don't just you don't just like, okay, let's say someone's punching you. You don't just say, okay, I am being punched. No, you're still going to do something about it. It's just like you don't add any more negativity to it by yourself. You know, you don't need to add more negative things to the situation as it is. Yeah, and I want to take that example you just gave of, you know, 
if somebody is punching you, the only way you can solve the problem is by first recognizing that you're being punched, first of all. If you don't, and meditation is a bit of that, it's, you know, of course, that's, you know, if you're being punched, it's very easy to recognize. But, you know, a lot of times, maybe it's not as easy to recognize if you're feeling overwhelmed or if you're feeling more anxious than it's normal or if you're, you know, struggling with, you know, whatever goal you're trying to achieve. And until you accept that you're struggling with those things, you can never change them. Because if you're, you know, repressing and always, you know, there's also this side of self-development. I feel like it's, you know, always trying to be positive. It's like, no, no, everything's going fine. It reminds me of that meme where the dog is in the house and it's burning. And it's like, it's fine. This is fine. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's not fine. And it's okay for it not to be fine. But until you recognize that, it's you're never going to be able to deal with it. And so, in a sense, I would probably call it, yeah, it's, you, kinda, you have to accept it so that you can change it. Because, and, you know, a book I know you, you like a lot is Radical Acceptance, which is probably the best book for that. Even, you know, one of the students this week, I recommended him this, the book, Radical Acceptance. And it makes total difference in people's lives because once you realize that you don't need to always be running away from these things, from, you know, from what's actually happening, you can actually then deal with it. But then bring it back to the, the initial point of, you know, that the universe doesn't care. It's... It's. I feel like that's even more freeing to know that you're not that special. You know, you know, just because you're you got fired, that doesn't mean that you know the world's against you or that it is in favor of you. It just means that it is what it is. But by being that, you can. That also means that you have full control, or as much as you can have, over what happens next in your life. And it can be very scary, but I do believe it can also be very, you know, empowering and freeing to know that you can do that. Yeah. Yeah, that being said, we can move on to the next one. Yeah, so the next one is going to be good intentions. Once again, I'm going to start off reading the quote from this one. Okay. For the desire, which is scorned for no other reason, that it cannot be set aside, is the greatest, greatest of men's enemies. One may pretend that it does not exist, that one has surrendered it, but one must sincerely answer the question. If I could satisfy that desire, would I? If that is not answered, to make a show of giving up the world, to take up the ascetic life, not of desire but of necessity, and to pride oneself upon it, that is to hide one's face from the enemy and so become doubly vulnerable. This is something I, I think happens a lot, in, once again, in people in this field of, like, of mindfulness. This idea that you have to reject all desires and <laughs> just be completely stoic about everything. And, and I think, you know, if you... If this, this is it's like it says, you know, you can you can't fake this state of being. You really can't because if it's like it's yeah. a double-edged sword, like it says, you you're double double doubly making yourself vulnerable vulnerable because you're not only first of all you're rejecting your desire and then you're rejecting the fact that you want that desire, which is like you're doubly repressing something. And yeah. my point is, you don't have, obviously you don't have to accept all desires. There are desires that are non-productive and. You shouldn't have in, in your life, you know, like just like maybe taking cocaine. That's probably not very productive, but mostly some people have desires for that. But and the thing yep. is here, yep. mindfulness is about, you know, is about seeing these desires, acknowledging your desire for the thing that you are desiring and then trying to move on with your life as if, not, as if it was nothing. But if you do this first step and then you just say, yeah, I don't want it anymore. It's okay. You try to repress it. You know, it, it's going to come out in, in, in different ways. It's never good to try to show, show yourself, try to fake something you don't really have already. You know, it's just going to be, make it 
more worse when you actually fall and, and come to come to come to fall to this desire. So the point I think here is really to be real with yourself. You know, accept that if you are if you are feeling something, you are feeling it for a reason, and also accepting that it doesn't mean anything about you. The, the fact that you're feeling something or you're thinking something doesn't necessarily mean anything about who you are. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah. you know, I feel like above all is, it's the, a lot of problems usually come when we start judging the, you know, the actual emotion we're feeling. It's like we get angry about feeling angry or we get upset about feeling upset or, you know, we don't actually deal with these things which then in consequences or we don't accept that as as a matter of fact and then makes it much worse and we start getting more of those feelings because we're not really you know accepting what we're feeling we're actually feeling bad about what we're feeling and so let's move on to the next chapter which is zen all right starting this one off once again i'm gonna be reading the quote and then going from there there are some who never live we're always having thoughts about life and feelings about life. Others are swept away on the tides of circumstance, so overwhelmed by events that they have nothing of their own. And this is really why I think most people's normal state of mind is. You know, you don't, you're not really conscious of what you're doing. You, you, you know that you're thinking, but you, it's like it's a strange thing, you know, because let's say when we're meditating, it's it's a difficult thing to explain to other people. When you're meditating, you're it's not like you're not thinking about anything, but you know that you are thinking. And I think the difference between meditation yeah. and daily life, or, or when you're not mindful and when you are mindful, is that, is that precise distinction. It's, like, it's simply awareness. It's either you are aware of who you are, you know, when you have those feelings of, maybe you get them when it, like, it's more quiet, when you're walking in the woods, or when you're just like, meditating, for example. You, you get this feeling of like, okay, I am in control here. I know what I'm doing now. But then most of life, you kind of go through it with this unconsciousness, un unconscious consciousness, you know, that you know that you're doing, you are doing stuff, but you are, aren't yeah. really there in the moment while you're doing them. And this is one of those, like, the, the, this is like the, for me, the, the awkward state of human existence, you know. It's like you are a conscious animal, but most of the time you aren't as conscious as you, you would desire it to be. And, and Zen, I think, Alan Watts explained this very good in the book, Zen is basically this, it's that it can't, it, it describes it as something that can't be described, only experienced. You, you can't tell something or someone what Zen is, is, it can only be experienced. And I think it's this thing, this thing of when you feel, I don't know, how, how, do, you, how do you describe it, like for yourself? Do, do you, am I making myself clear about the thing that I'm like trying to say? Um, I think yes for people, like you said, because only it can only be experienced. I think it makes a lot of sense for people who experience it and no sense at all for people who haven't experienced it. But that's kind of the <laughs> the whole point at the end of the day because um, I, I think I had that moment for me after reading The Power of Now was when I kind of had this click where I, for the first time I could be conscious of what I was thinking. It was like I was seeing what I was thinking happening not being not assuming that i was the one behind the thought and that would really kind of fucked me quote-unquote fucked me up because it was such a difference in perspective and if you're listening to this maybe that's you know maybe you've never experienced that maybe you not never even considered that which is that you can if you focus right now listening you can you know if there's a thought that pops into your mind you can look at it from 
a third person perspective you can look at the thought really processing in your mind of course the more you do this and the more meditation you do the easier it becomes and then what it becomes easier as well it's like when you experience that is that feel of control because even when we feel anxious or for example my case anxious or overwhelmed or whatever it is i know that it's i can look at it from a third person perspective and i can deal with those things i can just experience those but if you don't have that perspective and if you're always like oh my gosh i'm overwhelmed that means that it's me thinking this so i'm i am overwhelmed and it's not i'm experiencing overwhelm which then just makes things all much worse and then that's you know you it's like you're going down a spiral of bad emotions pretty much yeah that's exactly it it's one of those things like and this is a great segue to the next chapter which really i, I only want in this chapter i only want to talk about yep. the quote so it's not even worth mentioning it it's it's this one as the meaning itself it cannot be described it can only be experienced and only experienced when there is such love between oneself and the world that what each makes together is more than either just as to husband and wife the child is more than themselves this one i guess it's like it's 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 one of the ways i guess it's the best way to explain it to some someone who hasn't who doesn't know what, what we're talking about or hasn't experienced what we're talking about it's this, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't be described, you can only yep. be experienced. And it's like, when you achieve this state, it's not like a 2 plus 2 equals 4. It's like a, a 2 plus 2 equals 20 million, you know. It's, it's, it's not logical. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, it, this is one of the things also that, for me, it's very difficult to accept because I'm a very logical person. So it, it's very contradictory for me to, mm-hmm. to say these things. of like, it can only be felt, it can't be described. It's not, I, I hate these statements. It's like, we have this story... You'll know what I'm talking yeah. about. There's this school trip our schools used yeah, to take every year to a, this spiritual retreat. Uh, it's in France. It's called TZ. And I hated it because I, for a long time, I hated when people talked about it because it's like, I asked them, oh, so how was it? Like, is it worth going there? And it's like, they, they, the only reply will always be, oh, man, I, I can't describe it. You have to feel it, you know? And I was like, oh, that's such bullshit. <laughs> you know, you can describe me at least a list, a little bit of what it is. But I mean, yeah. I guess it really is that, you know, it's, you have to experience it and know what we're talking about. But it is, it's a state of being that, you know, first, I think the most important thing to get across is that it doesn't mean that you resign yourself to the life that you have right now. Because most people may be thinking like, oh man, but yeah. if I accept everything and if I'm at peace with the world, what desire do I have to be more successful, to make more money, to, to improve on my job, to try to reach other people it's not this you know because once you achieve this state it's like a, a feeling of deep compassion by everything around you and so you have more energy more of this kind of clean fuel to get to those goals yeah totally yeah it's and i think that we can end on that it's perfect for you know, to end. i'll just suggest for people to first of all go read the book and then as follow-up book i would suggest if you have never read it is um, oh my gosh, I forgot the name. Yeah, the Power of Now. <laughs> that slipped out of my mind for a second. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. It's really, for me, the best book to really get into this feeling we're describing because as you're reading the book, you'll kind of start experiencing it yourself. Um, that being said, if you have nothing else to say, I think we can wrap it up. And yep, so this was book review and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.